0: host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome If it's PTSD or military related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness and this is Max Naist.
1: All right. Good morning, everybody. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness podcast. I'm always honored to have Vets on my podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to come be a guest and share your story with us. But what I like to do is have you introduce yourself to the audience, tell them like who you are and what it is you do.
2: I can do that. Thank you, Max. My name is Loyson Cast. I am a 20 year veteran of the Wisconsin National Guard. I'm an Army infantry combat veteran as well. So I did serve two tours overseas, one right before or right at I want to say it was right before the push in Kuwait in 2003, and then another in Iraq in combat logistics patrols in 2007. I am currently a life and business coach and strategist. My heart is, is with working with veterans, and I'm just I'm happy to be here and, and happy to share anything that might be useful in the the advancement or the advocacy.
1: Awesome. Like I said, I was talking to Loison before we started the podcast, and I, I was telling him how much of an honor it is not to only have served, but to have fellow veterans come on and share their stories, right? Because some of you uh, have seen the battle, you've seen war, you guys know what it's like, to go through that, right? So the whole premise of my podcast, Loison, is to show people it doesn't matter what your background is, whether it's addiction, PTSD, military, whatever, right, that you can overcome your challenges and become successful like yourself. So share with the audience, if you would, like some of your, like when you were in the military, some of the challenges that you went through, you know, being uh, a soldier.
2: Okay. I was actually recently on a, uh, I was a guest of another podcast, the Frag Out podcast. Mr. Ryan Lonergan was kind enough to invite me in to talk. And one of the things that came up during our conversation there was was stuff that I hadn't even really considered, or I hadn't made a an effective frame of reference. My entire service was GWAT. You know, I was in basic, or I was in reception for basic combat training on September 11th, 2001, which was, and looking back, it was an interesting experience. Like while I was in it, I didn't really understand the totality of the impact because I I didn't really have enough experience in the military to understand that things were drastically different all of a sudden. And then, you know, it just the kind of ebbs and flows of what, as far as I know, was the longest war in U S history. It's, it's interesting to look back on as far as my personal challenges, the the tour to Kuwait, I was, I started out as a light engineer and we built, loading docks in the Kuwaiti desert for semis that may or may not have ever used them. And it was just, it was just kind of this interesting, I, I didn't feel like I was being utilized by the service as effectively as it could be. And there were some underlying issues there that I didn't discover until later that were, that were driving that particular bus. So I came home from that tour and I reclassed infantry and a couple of years later, I volunteered to go to Iraq with a CAV unit to run combat logistics patrols. And that's where, that's where life got interesting, but not for the reason that you might think uh, my tour was pretty much without incident. We, with, with one exception, we brought everybody home that we took over there. And that was my CEO, one of my co's particular points of pride. I think we had some on the job injuries, but they weren't combat related.
1: Right. And that's amazing, right? If you're in a war, to Get the people that you're you're assigned to go get and bring everybody home safely. That says something about you know yourself and and then and the people you you know your fellow soldiers making sure that everybody got home safely, which right we know in the military what's our saying right? I got your six. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's a brotherhood, right? For life. Like once you get out, it's, it's funny. You may not talk to someone and then you see someone you don't even know. And they're in the military, you're hugging, you're like, Hey, how you doing? Thank you for your service. Right. And you know, I'm not going to pretend that I knew what, you know, if it's anything like the streets were, which and some of my veteran friends have told me, yeah, it's the same thing, right? You're, you're on the streets. You're fighting for your life because whatever reason, like for me, it was my addiction. Right. And you guys are out there, you know, protecting our country and helping another country. There's so much that goes into it. Right. And like I was telling you before we started the podcast, right. I had the privilege of counseling uh, a vet who saw some serious, you know, times our deployments in Iraq and uh, and Afghanistan and as his counselor he would tell me some of these stories and it's just like right you just want to hug him and you just want to say it's going to be okay uh, but you know as far as i know i mean he he messaged me at two he, he had two years sober so i think he's still sober Right. And he followed some suggestions that I gave him when he's working with his therapist about a certain type of uh, therapy modality, which helped him. You know, the best gift I ever got was him was telling me, hey, Max, thanks for doing that, because, you know, you're encouraging me to do that. I did it. I can actually sleep at night. And he would tell me stories of why he couldn't sleep, you know what I mean? And we won't get into the gruesome details, but to be able to help on that end as a fellow vet, right, has set me on a mission too, to to help our fellow vets. You know, like you said, I loved what you said is to be heard, to speak, right, yes. to, to share their stories and get them the help they need, right? Because I know... One of our mutual friends, Brendan, sent me a shirt that says, you know, the 22 mission 22, right? It says to end the veteran suicides that happen. 22 lose their life to suicide every day. And, you know, that's, you know, that to me is all that's all the mission I need to say, you know, if someone says, hey, can you help? So I'm glad you're here. So you did your time in the military, right? I'm sure you saw some stuff, right? So you come back. So what has been your mission since coming back from from wars, let's say, right? And coming back from the military, now you're in civilian life. What was that transition like to go from the military to civilian life? There's challenges now, right? Like, especially if you've done it Well, before.
2: yeah. And the interesting part was I didn't, I didn't retire until 2021, February, 2021. So I well, have been home for about 13 years after my last tour. And it took me about that long (laughs) to figure out, you know, some of my stuff. You know, I, I came home from Iraq, messed up, but didn't know it. I went through... Uh, a little bit of like VA treatment. I think I made like three quarters of one. No, I made it through a full session, but I got a really bad vibe from the guy the entire time I was sitting across from him. Now, part of that could have been my unwillingness to participate in my own personal development, but it very well could have been him too. I have absolutely no idea. Here's what I do know. I did not pursue it. And I proceeded to Drink heavily, gamble a lot, mess around with a lot of drugs, do all of the, I don't want to say typical because I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I've heard of other people doing similar things in terms of trying to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. It ruined my marriage, destroyed my marriage. So I kind of floundered around for a little while after that, and found myself in another service job. I actually worked for the State Department of Corrections for like seven years. That's interesting work.
1: <laughs> I'm sure it is.
2: That's that's interesting work. I had and in 20, I'm going to say 2019 because that sounds right. I had just a sort of epiphany. Like I woke up one day and I'm like, nobody else's rules are working for me, and I don't know how to run a business, but I need to learn. So then I had to decide ultimately what I wanted to do, and it it turned into, you know, an excessive, almost compulsive or obsessive interest in professional development. I went, I mean, I went from reading nothing but fiction to nothing but non (laughs) self-help, personal growth, personal development. And I'd read these books over and over and over again. I invested in coaching for the first time. And that's kind of what turned it upside down for me. I'm like, there's so much about me. I did not understand. And the reason that I didn't understand is because I didn't ask the right questions. So the impact that that, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, go, go ahead. I'll finish after you. Go ahead.
2: Well, the impact that had on me was so profound that I said, you know what? This completely changed my life and I want to start doing this for other people. And so the first people I thought of were were vets. And they're an interesting, I'm for profit rather than nonprofit. So they're an interesting demographic to try and make a living from.
1: <laughs> right.
2: So I, I had to branch out a little bit, but like getting a chance to meet Brennan, Wagner, in particular, I see the opportunity to do both. Right, I see the opportunity to help individuals and small business organizations help reshape their teams and streamline their processes and and increase their prosperity. But I also see the opportunity to, for lack of a better term, testify in the veteran community and just evoke from them what's already within them so that they can stop suffering.
1: Right, and. and- You know, in the beginning, I got to tell you, to be honest with you, I thought veterans will be easy. You know, they'll be easy to help because, you know, they've gone through boot camp. You know what I mean? They've gone through boot camp. Like what's but like I said, when I worked with this one guy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It it was hard to crack that shell. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when he did like the things he would tell me were just like, you know, I thought I went through some shit. Excuse my language. We can cuss on here. But I was like, wow, you know, and And I remember when I first was told he was going to be my client, he was over at the detox house. Let's tell you a little story, right? So there's this young kid that comes in. He's got long hair. He's like the hippie, right? Like anti-war. He's, I get a call, Max, you need to come over here. This dude's going to rip this kid's head off if you don't get over here and help out with this, right? So this kid is yelling at my new client, right? And talk. He doesn't know him. He's just like, oh, he just, (sighs) all he heard was he was a veteran. He was just banging, you know, um, bagging on the military and, You know, he doesn't realize I'm a vet either. And so I pulled the kid aside and I go, look, this guy's going to rip your head off and shit down your neck if you don't stop. And he handled it very well, you know, because I thought I could Mm -hmm. see, but he was very calm. I'm like, all it's going to take is for one trigger. Right. And then the kid ended up apologizing. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. You know, because I explained to him. So my thing is, I'm not going to tell you to stop doing something and not explain why. So when Mm -hmm. I told this kid, he he changed his tune a little bit. He goes, hey, man, I'm so sorry. Blah, blah, blah. But to watch, I could see in his eyes, like it was about to happen if this kid did not stop. And, you know, and I've had a couple of bets like that, right? You don't know what's going to trigger him, And I've had to tell people around them, right? Like other staff and stuff, like don't walk up behind so-and-so because it'll, you know, you may not like the result, you know, try to always approach them from the front so they can see you coming. Right. <laughs> and I, I know this because as a counselor and having PTSD myself from, and not, not military related, but knowing that. Right. It gave me the tools to at least help. Right. And I went back to school and understand a little bit more and and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But like you said, meeting guys like yourself who are actually as like one of my friends says in the trenches, right. Which you guys were in the trenches. Like I love hearing your stories and, and you know, and then asking like, how can I support you? Because like you said, the demographic, some bets, they're not going to even tell you like high sometimes until, Mm -hmm. you know, they really get to know you and know that you're okay. Like you said, I want them to have a voice too. So it's really cool that what you're doing, because like myself, that's what I'm trying to do is help stuff like that, you know, through coaching, like overcome those Mm -hmm. challenges. And, and I'm, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one, you know, starting to meet a lot of you guys that are out there literally in the trenches trying to help. So, so personally, how, how has that affected you? You know, like you said, you had this epiphany, correct? And, and you're like, okay, uh-huh. I got to change. And like you, it took me to do this program. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Andy is 75 hard, right? Heard of it. Okay. So like me too, I, I didn't even want to read, let alone, you know, whether it was fiction. I just, I went through college. I'm like at 48, I got my degree. I'm like, I'm done reading. I'm, I'm done. But when I went through that, now it's nothing but personal development or stuff that's going to mm-hmm. help me grow. And now I love reading. So, you know, and those challenges when you're you're finally figure out, okay, right, because because one of the best things and tell me if you agree or not, like to do for yourself is to invest in yourself, right? Like you did. You got a coach, right? So so tell the audience like some of those challenges when you started to transition in into being an entrepreneur, basically, and and doing that stuff. What were some of those challenges and how did you overcome that stuff?
2: I really enjoy, like, I've come to see that I'm an addict of, of a little bit of a different kind, right? Like when you say addict, most people think alcohol or heroin or right. porn or something like that.
0: Pills, and, yeah. and,
2: you know, a little bit more broad-minded people will, will think like, oh, shopaholics, anonymous, something like that. I, I'm, I wasn't. I was addicted to anger. It was compulsive. Right. And what was interesting to me was to, to you know, do the the hard work. Because when, when I say hard work, I'm basically saying, look in the mirror and be honest with what you see. Yeah. And that's so much easier to do with another person who isn't going to judge you and who looks at you strictly for your potential. Like, I don't give a shit who and what you are right now, as long as you are interested in being better than you are right yeah. now. That's, that's literally all I care as a coach. That's all I care about. And right. so that's all I see in people. And that wasn't true for most of my life, you know, most of my life, I'm looking for, you know, what's this person going to try to take from me? You know, what can I get from this person? That was, that was one of the struggles I had to overcome when I decided to be for profit is, you know, do I want to make a living or do I want to make a difference? And sometimes it's a gray area and a fine line. So I, I give more business away on a fairly regular basis than I do actually taking money. And that's, that's presented some challenges. You know, I've had to get creative with, with what I have and, and you know, how to, how to make ends meet until the impact starts to be felt through, through more of the community. But it's just a series of getting over myself, doing what doing, whatever it takes to get over myself, because I am the only thing that stands between me and whatever it is I want. So having that knowledge now, you know, I lived my whole life without truly understanding that. And now it's, it's like, okay, you know, how am I, how am I getting in my own way? And if I can't see it, I have someone help me. That's, yeah. So that's what it means <laughs> to me to invest in myself. It's like, I can't figure this out on my own and I don't want to waste time because I, I can make more money. I can make more kids. I can make more relationships. I can build more houses. I can buy more cars and clothes and all this other stuff. I can't get more time.
1: Right. That's as far as I know, no get, one can. Right. That's so, something we can't get more of, right? And I mean, you nailed it, as they say, right on the head. The most difficult thing is to look at yourself and, and knowing that you're getting yeah, and being honest with yourself. Correct. Like I remember when getting sober, like anger, I could mm. totally relate to what you're talking about. Like when I finally got serious and said, I'm done, I'll do whatever it takes to stay clean and sober. Anger crept in. And for my first year, anger was my new drug of choice. And I love to share with my guests. I like a story. Right. So what happened one day, this guy cuts me off on the freeway and I'm the type that would drive, follow you all the way home. Like I'm going to, you took my lane position. Now I'm pissed. Now we're going to have some words, right? Sure. So the guy pulls in his driveway. I pull up like parallel and I'm looking and it was one of, he gets out of the car and it's one of those things where I'm looking. Up and Now he's blackening the sky because he's so freaking big. And I'm thinking, and that was my epiphany to go, dude, you're going to die doing this one day. You need to change your ways. Right. Mm-hmm. But luckily like people ourselves who sought outside help, right? Like for me, it was my sponsor at the time. And he's like, yeah, you got to change that, bro. You like, you know, Mm -hmm. where you're, you know, the city you're in, like, what if you pull over a gang member or chase some gang member down, you know, he's going to shoot you. And I'm like, I know, I know. So it took some work, but anger would give me that same high as a drug, Mm -hmm. alcohol or whatever, you know, and that was a big one to overcome. But I had to, I I made a choice is just like, okay, this is the only way I'm going to better myself like you is take that deep, long look in the mirror which most of us guys or maybe humans in general don't like to do and go, okay, this is what I need to change this, this, and this. Okay. I'm going to get help because I might not see anything else that could be hindering me. Right. So becoming a coach, right. For you. And like you said, there's a lot of times we just give it away for free because we just want to help. So that's much appreciated. And I know there's guys that you've probably helped that are just forever grateful for the help you've given them. How that in your business, some of the challenges, like you said, right, you have to get creative, but, Tell the audience, like, overcoming those challenges, like, what are the things that keep you going that make you just go, yep, I'm in the right spot?
2: One of the coaches, and I'm really glad you asked this question, it's a perfect segue. One of the coaches that I had, I was, I was, I was pretty down on myself for, for a little while. And I finally, I wasn't talking to him about it. I finally talked to him about it. And he said, I I, I basically told him like, I, I don't understand how I can keep beating my head against this particular wall and expecting something to change. And he said, well, first of all, you need to start seeing it differently. So let me help you. You you serve vets, correct?
1: Yeah. So, yeah. You, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so, sorry. Well, we, <laughs> we about... both do. Yeah. We both we, do. We go, go ahead. Do.
2: Yeah. Sorry about that. And he said, So, so picture, if you will, some guy barely getting by, he's, he's literally considering he's, he's, you know, suicidal every day. He's thinking about suicide every day. What if you getting up and creating the content that you create? What if getting up and saying the things you're saying or writing the things you're writing? What if getting up every day and doing what you're doing, even if you don't want to makes the difference between him living and dying? What if reading that post on Facebook is what makes him put the shotgun down or the razor blade down or the whiskey and the pill bottles down? I never forgot that.
1: Yeah, see, and that's and that's why I think it's so important. Whether it's a a friend or a mentor or a coach, right? It's always good to have eyes that see things that you may not always see. Because, like, I one thing that I've learned in my recovery, Loison, is that, um, like my sponsor would teach me, like, first thought probably not always the. Right thought, you know what I mean. So that was his way of telling me, like, run things by me before you go. Because my nickname was idiot the first year, because I would make some stupid decisions, right, without talking them through with him or whoever. And right, so they would always tease me. Oh, here comes idiot, and but I stayed sober, you know. And that's like you, myself now as as a new entrepreneur, right? I'm always like one, surrounding myself with the people that I know know way more than I do right? That are successful, that can point things out to me. Now, nah, maybe you don't want to go down this road, Max, because this is what I see and go, okay. And like you said, too, being willing to take a look and go and hear, right, like yourself, what they're telling me and not thinking I know it all, right? Because, you know, there's a time like, I'm, I'm going to be 54 this month. And you know how we are like, I was in the mill; you can't tell me what to do, man, I did mm-hmm. this, and I've done this, and I went through this, right? So no, now I'm always willing to hear, What someone has to share with me, which has helped me become a better counselor and coach also, right? Because sometimes it's not about what you're telling them to do or suggesting, right? It's how good are you listening to what they're telling you? so you can give them some direction. So I appreciate that from you. So, you know, so far, this is, this has been, I love my fellow vets. So thank you for taking the time again. I just, there's so many questions I can ask you. So what was your aha moment when you knew like, like now? So I always have a friend taught me to live in purpose on purpose, right? So what was that aha moment, you know, as working and personally developing yourself, where you just said, "I kn- I know I'm on the right path. This is what I need to be doing."
2: You're looking for that defining moment, and there have been so many, man. At this point, because it it just it feels like when I see something I couldn't see before, I'm like, "Oh, damn!" <laughs> right. you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, exactly. You keep hammering, hammering. You keep hammering away at something, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh." well, that's dumb. I can't believe I couldn't see that before. That's, that's usually how most of my insights or my realizations happen. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) And back in the day, I would have spent, you know, a fair bit of time beating myself up. But nowadays it seems like a waste of time. I'm like, well, I kind of feel silly for not seeing that before, but let's, let's do something with it now. The first one was probably when I tripped over a guy named Dave Ramsey and started seriously considering implementing his system for getting out of personal debt. And then I started to learn a little bit about coaching and I went through financial coach master training. That was my first coaching investment. At that point, once I completed that, I started to see the possibility that I could make a living doing this instead of what I was doing. Right. Now, I'm I'm not going to come on your show and bad mouth my former employer, but I will say that there were a lot of hours that I spent there that I would have rather spent in other places. There's a lot of right. forced overtime in public service jobs like that. Yeah. And I it was burning me out i just wasn't really interested in it anymore we'd work the system using that paycheck essentially to the extent that we were debt free and had a bunch of savings and i was like you know what
1: <laughs> nah, i'm doing my own i thing. don't
2: know what possessed me because <laughs> i was raised like i would imagine most of the people listening or who will listen were raised you know the the american dream right Right. Get good grades in high school so you can get into a good school, so you can get a good job, so you can buy a house yeah. with a white picket fence and a two and a half car garage and the cocker spaniel and <laughs> apple pie and then you retire and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's right. that's what I was conditioned to believe that, you know, that's how the world worked. And so going through this process and getting to know the people that were affiliated and involved in this, this coach training process opened my eyes to a whole new world of stuff that I'd never considered before. So that was probably my first and most effective or most poignant defining moment.
1: That's awesome. I know I've heard Dave Ramsey's name, like, especially in that network that I belong to, right? The guy that started writing, he's talked about how he wants to be in the same room with that guy. I guess Dave Ramsey's like, you know, very successful man. I've just heard his name. So I'm getting to learn about him, but I I know he makes a ton of money. And, you know, I've heard people in these circles I run with talk about him and how good he is at what he does and right, which makes me and like yourself want to do the same thing. Right. So but we have to be willing to do the work in order to get to that point. Right. Because, you know, like we, you know, you see it sometimes on the Facebook, you know, these gurus that, you know, they're sitting in front of their flashy cars. And we know damn well that that's probably not even their car and they're not making that kind of money. Right. So I've chosen to surround myself with people that do make a ton of money. Right. But they're some of the most humble people I've ever met. And they're willing to teach me as long as I'm willing to, you know, do the work. If they tell me to go, this is how you're going to do it. Go do it. Right. And, And for me and like you, right. Being in the military gave gives me that discipline, you know, to to go, okay, I got to do this differently. So I'm going to change course here. But like you, I've been on this this journey for like two years and I'm learning so much with every new guest that I get, I learn something new every day. So for me, it's like, okay, God, thank you very much for putting me in this position to do this. So there's a couple of questions I like to ask, right? My guest, I wrote a book called Fearless sure. Happiness uh, and I spelled the happiness with a Y and yeah, I still get. You spelled it wrong. No, I didn't. I did it for a reason. No, I'm anyway. pretty
2: sure you <laughs> did it on purpose.
1: Absolutely so <laughs> fearless right and, and you know what's funny is some people have even hit me up and said, you know how can you be fearless It's not that I'm fearless right well, you've been in the military I go, yeah, but I was on a big old ship you know what I mean I'm not the one I'm the one that dropped everybody off I wasn't anyway my point is like what is fearless right we all have our our definition of what fearless looks like to us so what is your definition of fearless and what does that look like for you and how does that show up in your life today
2: well, it's it's like you said, I don't I don't know that I am fearless. I, I would I would say I experienced the feeling of fear. But my relationship with that particular feeling has changed drastically over the course of the last couple of years. I would describe myself as fearful for most of my life. And as a result of that, I built built some walls, right? And that's that anger we were talking about. That's how I learned to respond to the world that I thought I ought to be able to control, but part of me knew that I couldn't. Right. But that's the only thing I'd ever learned. If I want something to change, I got to change what's out there. And if it's not going to bend to my will. Right. I'm just I'm going to have to rage at it. So it either leaves me alone and stops hurting me or it complies. It falls into line. It meets my expectations. What have you. And now when I feel fear, I know there's something and and we're not talking. Are, are we talking about like danger, 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 close, defend yourself now? Are we talking no, about
1: like in our personal okay. lives, right? Like and personal development and as a coach, right? We got fears like, oh, mm-hmm. am I going to be able to, how am I going to serve this client? Like, I have sure. no idea what I'm going to do. Or, you know, like you said, just this journey, like it takes some fearlessness to face something. My example, right? Like have like that American dream, right? You, you work at a job for 30 years, you go in, you clock in every day, you do your job, come home, you take care of your family. Boom. You do it again the next day, right? Doing what we do and kind of doing something different where we don't know what's going to happen. That can cause some fear, right? Like that can cause some serious anxiety for some people if you, if they don't know or have a plan on how to do that. So yeah, that's the kind of fear I'm talking about. Like, okay. Right. You know, like, yeah, I've had, you know, they say the fear of heights and something else are the only two fears we're born with. Right. So like I did the extreme. I went and jumped out of a plane twice, once at 18000 feet. So I was like, I am not afraid of heights anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that kind of fear. just life in general, like sometimes fear creeps in and how do we overcome that? So, yeah.
2: Well, it's like I said, I, I just sort of changed changed my, my relationship with it over time. Now, when I feel fear, generally, I, I wonder what's causing it. Like, what am I thinking that's making me feel afraid? And the more that I look in that direction, the more that I find that it's, it's something I really want to do. And so this, this starts this whole cycle of getting over myself again, right? Like, right. what about you doesn't want to do that? Cause I'm pretty sure you want to do that. There's a little bit of you that doesn't want to, and that's where the fear is coming from. So right. it's a mask for desire. It's a mask for excitement. It's not what I thought it was. And so right. it's very informative to me in terms of, you know, how I live my life and the direction that I point myself and the direction that I that I try to point other people in doing their own work.
1: Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So happiness, knowing I put the why in there and, you know, the definitions I get are as different as the people I interview. So I love what their, their answer is. But knowing I put a Y in there. What does happiness look like for you, and how does that show up in your life today?
2: I'm pretty sure I've always been happy, but I've always had the the ability to convince myself that I wasn't. And I don't think that's just true for me. I think that's true for everybody. So happiness, to me, when even the way you spelled it, you know, yep. it's it's a little clever, it's a little creative. But here's here's what it does for me. It's it's what we're all looking for. It, it really is what we're all looking for. Like. You can call happiness joy or contentment or peace or security or what, whatever you want. But that's that's the feeling we keep trying to buy, right? Like right. We, we buy a house for the sake of the security, not this, not because it's a sensible investment. Those are the reasonable excuses people use to justify why they do what they do. We're right. shopping for feelings, just like we're searching for feelings. And in most cases, we're looking in the wrong place. Cause we're trying right. to find it out there, out there, out there, out there in the next car, in the next house, in the next job, in the next relationship. It's in the mirror guys.
1: Yep. And nowhere else. Exactly. He nailed it. That's exactly what I meant by that. Like when people can say, I can look in the mirror and, and smile back at the the guy or the, the woman that's looking back at me, you know, that's to me brings joy, right? Cause joy is more lasting. Happiness can be pleading it like for me, but when I am doing that work, you know, and I get happy, but then I find that joy, bitching ass byproduct of being happy, right? It, it keeps me moving forward, even if things aren't going exactly according to plan, you know what I mean? So thank you for that definition. So what I like to ask you, my guests, like, so someone wants to work with you, Lois, how can they find you? And, and like the audience know, like exactly what kind of coaching and stuff, like, how can they find you if they want to work with you?
2: Oh, I am I'm out of Wisconsin, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, tiny little town in the middle of, of the country, essentially. I'm I'm a little <laughs> I'm a little ways away from where you're at. Um, I'm all over Facebook. I'm all over Facebook and there's nothing fancy about it. It's just Loisen cast. And then they can get a hold of me at ww.loysencast No spaces, no dots, no no crazy upper or lower case letters, just that.
1: Awesome. Okay. And I'm, as far as go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, is, as far as what I do, I don't have a specialty or a niche okay. or niche. Yeah. I always screw that up. You um,
1: <laughs> say niche too, so no way.
2: You, you can't coach someone who isn't ready to be coached. Right. And that's, that's something I've kind of, I like, like I said before, when we started, I kind of tried to specialize in veterans and discovered that they're harder nuts to crack than I thought they were. And I had to kind of transition into some other things, but I'm a life
1: coach. Okay. Perfect.
2: And strategist.
1: And strategist. Awesome. And I get what you're saying. That's the same with recovery, right? Like, if a person doesn't want help, like I've had people mm-hmm. literally homeless, about to die, you know, they look like death warmed over and they're like, I don't have a problem. Okay. Here's my number. Call me when you're ready, you know, because even in that state, if they're not yep. ready, like you said, they're not going to do the work it takes. To get clean and sober. So thank you for that. It's sad. I know, you know, and I've been doing this for a long time, but it's but that's just the way it is. They got to hit their bottom, whatever that is, looks like, because that's usually when the willingness goes pops up and goes, okay, I got to change this.
2: I look at something like that and I go, holy power of resilience. If if someone is in that situation, but because that makes sense to them, they will persevere in that situation. They will continue to subsist. I would not call that thriving. I would call that surviving, but it's not my place to say what that is for them. Absolutely. And just just the power of these people to yeah. continue to stay alive, continue to exist, continue to survive. That that's what resonates for me with, with a situation like that damn,
0: dude,
2: you should be (laughs) proud of yourself for continuing to breathe. Now, would you mind if we pointed that in a different direction just to see what you think?
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's why that's my mission, right? Is to Mm -hmm. uh, help those high performers, executive CEOs, whether it's a vet or whatever, change that, that view, right? Like before you lose everything, I mean, Mm -hmm. right. And, and like you said, it's a hard demographic, but I'm putting it out there into the universe. Right. Cause you know, no one's going to uh, post on Facebook, you know, for everyone to see, Hey man, I'm about to lose everything. I need help because I've been doing this, this, and this. Right. So that's why I have this platform. This is, you know, I do what I do on Facebook and, and want people to know that, you know, you don't have to do this alone. Right. There's guys like Lois and, and yeah. myself, whatever you choose that are that have been in the trenches that continue to stay in the trenches as my friend would say, and we help those people. And, you know, like, for me, it's, it's, like I said, I'm going to say it again, it's always an honor and a privilege to have a fellow vet come and share their story, what they do. So there, that might be that one vet on there that may reach out to you, Loison, and say, I heard you on Max's podcast, I need your help, can you help? And it may not even be anything that you're coaching at the time, they just, they know you're a fellow vet that has changed his life and said, I need Uh your help. You know what I mean? And that's, I'm you know, honored to be in your company and like Brennan's and, and, and people I've interviewed, you know, that are veterans. And, you know, I think just it's an amazing journey. So I'm not going to quit. So before we part ways, right, because I know you're not going to quit. What last piece of advice or something you want to share with the audience, you know, that could help the audience?
2: You don't have to believe the God awful thoughts that run through your head. You, you don't. They're only thoughts. And just because those thoughts are in your head doesn't mean they're your thoughts. We do what we do because we believe what we think. That's why people change. That's how people change. When you change the thoughts that you believe, the results you see in the world that you live in are going to start to change. So yeah. that's it. You know,
1: that's
2: awesome. you can you can create you can create heaven or hell yeah, vivid us, right? <laughs> versions of heaven or hell without ever leaving your living room. And we do it almost every day. You do not have to believe what you think. You can think something else and believe that.
1: Oh man, that's awesome. Well, again, Loison, thank you for, for coming on and being a guest and spending time with me. It was awesome. I can't say enough. Everybody, you heard Loison, right? We don't have to choose that hell that we put ourselves through. You've changed at any time. And guys like myself and Loison are here to help. So I hope you had
0: a good time, everybody. Until next time, I will see you guys later.